0: Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Scott Eversgert, a 2021 CCA Soy Envoy and Certified Crop Advisor, and he has been a field agronomist for Pioneer in Southern Illinois for 18 years. He works with local growers to maximize their farming operations in seed selection and all other aspects of agronomy. Scott spent five years in Kentucky as a crop consultant on high management wheat and precision technology and he spent five years with Novartis Syngenta Crop Protection in Indiana and North Carolina. He holds a bachelor's degree in plant and soil science from Southern Illinois University. Scott also operates his family farm in Clinton County with his two brothers raising corn, soybeans, and wheat. Welcome to the show, Scott, and thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. It's great to be here. This is Scott's first year as a CCA Soy Envoy for ISA, and I was hoping you could tell us a little about the experience so far.
1: Yeah, so I was asked to do this back in I don't know December, January, and had the opportunity to talk to maybe a couple people that had done it before, and talk to them about the experiences they had, and they really enjoyed the program, the opportunity to learn, you know, from a lot of people that you probably otherwise wouldn't be in contact with. So as now we're you know five, six months into this deal, into the growing season. It really has been a, a great opportunity to, to not only hear what's going on in other parts of the state, but also, also hear the solutions and, and challenges that other guys face as well. You know, and it, it's always easy to hear about all the problems and what's going wrong, but it, it's nice to hear from some other professionals about what they're doing to solve those problems and different ideas they have. So, so I see that as a, as a huge benefit to the, the Envoy program.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Scott. We're lucky to have you with us this year to share your expertise with Illinois soybean farmers and on the Illsoy Advisor podcast today, where we'll discuss how to successfully double crop soybeans. So let's get started with an update on the wheat crop. We know harvest is right around the corner. How is it looking? And when can we expect harvest to start?
1: Well, we've got a a few guys stabbing into the fields uh, even today. Um, Over the weekend, you know, with the temperatures we had, pretty low humidity, especially on Sunday, uh, pretty good wind. A a lot of wheat really did dry down pretty quick. Uh, We've heard some growers in different parts of southern Illinois have kind of stabbed in and, you know, on some ultra early varieties. uh, Moistures there, even there, still seem to be, um, you know, on on the higher side in the high teens. Um, But I, I think by the end of the week, we'll see that southern part of the state probably going pretty good. And, uh, and as we know uh, you know that that harvest line so to speak moves north at about 75 to 100 miles a week so if they're starting down south uh, late this week by the middle of next week you know we'll be up that i64 corridor and then progressing north from there as far as the, the condition of the crop it looks very good you know we were a little concerned you know we had some challenges coming through the winter Um some, some freeze alerts, things like that. Fusarium head scab we thought could be an issue. Really neither of those have panned out. And I think we're setting
0: on an average to above average wheat crop. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you, Scott, for sharing that update with us. And to all the farmers who have started harvest or are starting harvest, we hope that you have a safe and plentiful harvest through the season. And now we'll turn our attention to double crop beans. And when it comes to double cropping beans, it seems like there are two camps of growers, Scott. A double crop farmer looking to put in a less expensive crop and disregards fertility, crop protection, plant health or seed selection, and a double crop farmer who manages double crops like they would their primary crop. Who's likely to produce the better yield and why?
1: Well, what we've seen over the years is, you know, absolutely you know, the, the opportunity to manage those double crop beans at a higher level definitely pays off. I think some of that too, what we're seeing is, you know, if we go back 20 years ago and we thought about double crop beans, it was always about beans that were going to be planted in, you know, after the 4th of July or mid July, really, you know, drug down the yield opportunity in those beans. But what we're seeing now with guys being aggressive on their wheat, um, you know, cutting wheat, a little higher moisture, with the, the, the soybean drill right behind the combine, you know, we're planting a lot of double crop beans, you know, here this week, next week. And, you know, in the second, third, fourth week of June, where those beans still have a lot of opportunity for, for yield. So that's where, you know, guys are starting to manage them better because of that. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot more guys address fertility issues when they plant their wheat. You know, they're adding a little extra fertilizer for that double crop scenario back in October when they're planting the wheat. Uh, So definitely an an increase in in knowledge there. And what we're seeing, we're seeing a lot more guys if opportunity uh, presents itself to use fungicides on double crop beans. You know, as we get into August, um, you know, these later beans and typically the way our rain patterns have fallen, you catch a couple pretty good rains in August. You've gotten some good growth out of these beans. You know, guys are are still applying fungicides and then getting some pretty good response because. There's no doubt that time of year disease is pretty prevalent out in the soybean field. So, so we're managing that way. Um, you know, the other part that, that comes into this is soybean seed treatments. I know as, as we get later into the year, guys looking to cut costs, you know, they'll, they'll want to pull the treatment off the beans. But what we've seen is, you know, that, that's a pretty harsh environment. If you think about it, planting beans into a, you know, 90 or hundred bushel wheat crop with a heavy mat of straw, and then you get some, some wet weather. And imagine how that warm, wet, uh, conditions are underneath that straw with that soybean seedling trying to grow out of that so uh, definitely definitely opportunity there to continue to use soybean seed treatment so I'd say overall we're we're managing much better and we see a lot of guys really managing to double crop soybeans um, like they're managing uh, some of their full season beans and yields are responding you know I take a year like last year we saw a lot of 50 and 55 bushel double crop beans being cut so you take a, an 80, 90, 100 bushel wheat crop with a 50 bushel soybean crop, that's a, that's a pretty profitable
0: acre for Southern Illinois. You mentioned how important seed treatments are to have still on the seed, but what about seed selection? Should we plant what's available regardless of relative maturity or how it handles stress or be proactive and select the proper seed?
1: So we do look at the variety selection as, as a pretty important part of that process. You know, Obviously, we're, we're going to be a little shorter on time, so we're looking for varieties that are going to get some height and, and get some growth to them uh, because they do need to come out of the ground and grow and get that height and ability to set more nodes and more pods. So that's definitely, you know, we don't want an extremely short variety that, that doesn't bush or something like that. So we'll look at those characteristics of variety and make sure we're planting varieties that have the opportunity to, to, to thrive in that situation. Uh, definitely part of it. From a maturity standpoint, you know, you know years ago it was always the later you plant the beans, you know the later maturity we go. So it was always four, six, four, seven, four, eights, even a few group fives thrown in there. Over the years as, as uh, soybean breeders have been able to you know change a little bit and they've been able to manipulate those maturities down with better characteristics on drought, on lodging, on some of those things, you know we're we're pushing maturities into that late three. So it's not uncommon now to see some three eight, three nines, uh early fours going into double crop and, and yielding pretty well. And, and again, watch, watch the characteristics. We'll make sure we're we're getting the right characteristics. But maturity-wise, now we're probably planting anywhere from a, a three eight to a four-eight in double crop and, and and getting along well with with all those
0: maturities. And then what seeding rates and row configuration do you recommend?
1: So the seeding rate thing is always, you know, if we go back a few years, it was always, you know, you, you seed them as thick as your wallet will allow, uh, meaning you, you really couldn't get them too thick when you're seeding that late. What we figured out um, is, you know, yes, we got to get a good stand. So conditions the day you're planting are important, as with any any crop you're planting. But, man, if you're, if you're in 90 bushel wheat and, you know, you're having trouble getting the seed to the ground, you know, we're going to have to increase that population a little bit to, to try and get the, the stand. Well, a lot of guys now are doing, uh, instead of drills, a lot more guys are running 15-inch row planters, obviously, and, and running row cleaners. And basically being able to throw that straw out of the way and get down right to the soil surface and, and planting that seed. And we're getting very, very good stands that way. So in that scenario, yeah, we, we've got a lot more guys pulling those populations back. You know, to maybe that 160 ish range, 165, and establishing very well compared to maybe some drills where we're still going into heavy residue, not getting quite as accurate a placement. You know, we are still planting in some of those cases 180, 190 to 200,000. Uh, so, so, again, it all goes back to the conditions. You know, right now we're pretty dry in a lot of areas. So, uh, without some significant rainfall before we plant the beans, um, we're probably going to be planting a lot of them in dry soil and then uh, counting on a rain to bring them up. So not a lot, not a lot of moisture in some of the fields, but you know, other parts of the state, especially the Southeast, we've got uh,
0: abundant moisture. So
1: again, uh, just uh, another year in Southern Illinois.
0: You mentioned that weather and some moisture would help bring up the crop, but after the wheat crop just took off nutrients, what else can we do to support feeding that new bean crop?
1: From a from a nutrient perspective, you know, mostly everything we've done was from a pre-plant standpoint back when the wheat was being sowed. So guys knew then uh, their plans to plant double crop beans, and we we added extra fertilizer then. Um, there are some you know some times we get into you know late July, August, and some double crop scenarios of you know fertility wasn't right, things like that. Uh, you know we may look at some foliar applications to try and correct some things but but for the most part we're trying to do most of our fertility work uh, for these beans you know uh, eight months in advance uh, before the wheat goes in the ground in the fall
0: you talked about fungicides a little earlier which we also talked about on the last ill soy advisor podcast episode and it sounds like double crop soybean fields are a good candidate for fungicide applications would that still be during r3 to r4
1: yeah, we're looking at that same timing. You know, R3 is that, that magic timing for fungicides on beans. And and we'll keep that timing uh, even into the double crop. So, so again, you know, it's about, you know, when we do get them seeded, you know, if we get beans seeded this week, you know, that that's, you know, not that really that much later than what some of our full season beans are. Now, if we get delayed a little bit and, you a know, weather pattern moves in, delays wheat harvest, you know, we may get a lot of double crop beans planted 4th of July. You know, then we get into that type of scenario and it's definitely pushes those beans back a little bit. But as we look at fungicides, again, it's that R3 timing, regardless of planting date. That's still the timing we're looking at. And and really what we look a lot at there is just is what is the yield potential of those beans? Um, you know, if we're looking at 20 bushel beans for, for weather related reasons, obviously, we're probably not going to spend a lot more money on them. Uh, but if we've caught some rains over the summer, we've got good stand establishment. Weeds are weeds are out. Um, yeah, there's no reason we can't be looking at 50 bushel beans. And at that point, uh, a lot of guys have pulled the trigger at R three and, and
0: spending money on fungicides. All right. And then my last question is just what considerations should be made to control weeds, and is it too late to spray some products?
1: Yeah. So you know, definitely with the environment we're in today. You know, growers need to be cautious of the labels. Um, you know, the, uh, some products have some some cutoff dates in Illinois about when they can spray, when they can't. Um, so we need to be cautious of, of those post applications of different products. So definitely have to keep our eye on that. Um, and, you know, of course, these beans come out of the ground, they're growing fast. They get to blooming pretty quick. Most of our herbicide labels, again, are saying, you know, R1, R2, R3, or possibly mostly R1 and R2. For the latest time, you can apply herbicides to a lot of these products, a lot of these technologies. So, so yeah, it's very important to watch the labels. Um, but, but obviously, as we get into double crop and get that late, uh, we do have to watch it. And another thing we, we have to watch pretty uh, consistently on these labels is we do get really late as, you know, to the typical rotation is rotating these acres back to corn uh, next year. So in 2022, these become cornfields. We have to really watch the labels on any type of residual products we might use in double crop as they could potentially carry over into the corn crop next year. Uh, so definitely, and again, um, keep a close eye on the labels and, and use your use your local advisories and, and resources to make sure you're applying the products that uh, are doing what you need them to do and they are,
0: are not going to be too persistent into next year. Well, that's all the time we have today, Scott thank you for joining us to share your experience and insights on double cropping beans to help growers maximize yields on these acres.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity today. It was good to to discuss double crop beans and hopefully here in the next uh, two weeks, Mother Nature treats us well and we'll we'll have this uh, wheat crop put to bed and the the beans
0: be in the ground. Again, that was Scott Everskert, a 2021 CCA soy envoy discussing how to successfully double crop soybeans. If you're interested in learning more about this topic and other soybean management resources, visit www.ilsoyadvisor.com. That's ILSoyAdvisor.com to learn more. This has been an Il Soy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.